Second Samuel chapter 11, verse 2. And it came to pass an evening tide that David arose from off the bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. From the roof he saw a woman washing herself, and the woman was very beautiful to look upon. And David sent and inquired after the woman, and one said, Is not this Bathsheba the daughter of Eliam? the wife of Uriah the Hittite. And David sent messengers and took her, and she came in unto him, and he lay with her, for she was purified from her uncleanliness, and she returned unto her house. And the woman conceived and sent and told David and said, I am with child. If you will, go with me over to chapter 12. Verses 13 and 14. And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin, thou shalt not die. Howbeit, because by thy deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme, the child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. You can be seated. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have done. We ask that you use this stammering tongue to your will, Heavenly Father. Be one here that's unsaved. Let them come to the repentance, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Sunday, if you didn't pay attention Sunday morning, I'm going to tell you you missed out a lot. Ricky brought this up and he, uh, he explained on it a little bit about how when... David had caused this sin, it caused a ripple effect, kind of like when you throw a rock into a pond and how the ripples will just float on and on and on. And um, it's also called the butterfly effect. A lot of you all have probably seen the movie. It has nothing to do with the actual theory or anything. Science says that if a butterfly flaps its wings in China it should cause a tsunami somewhere in the world. But science can't understand why it doesn't cause this tsunami as they look at it and as they ponder it. They can't understand what is causing it to stop before it gets to that line. They don't understand how come when you throw a rock into a pond, how come the ripples, they will go out and they'll get smaller. They understand that. They get smaller as they go. But what they don't understand is that eventually it could turn into a wave and they don't understand why it doesn't turn into a wave in a pond whenever you throw a rock in it. Their theory is once it starts to move, it should continue to move. But God. This sin caused many things to happen. And like I said, Sunday morning Ricky hit on it, the exact situation. and It hit me right in the heart. Learn from the Bible that this caused this effect to occur in David's life. I'm not saying that if we sin, that automatically God's going to punish us for something like that. What I'm saying is, if we don't have our heart and our mind set in the right way, and we're not doing what He wants us to do, curveballs are going to happen in our life that we never expected. As Ricky was pointing this out, 
I kept thinking about my own life. I kept thinking about things that I did. When I was I felt like when I was sixteen years old I was called to preach. And I felt like that I was told then that if I was ever going to make my I felt like if I was ever going to make it as a preacher, that was when I was supposed to go and do it. That's when I was supposed to do it, and what did I do? I ran. That caused a ripple effect in my life, I believe. To this day I still believe it. I don't believe God's punishing me, but I believe that He's saying if you would have, laid, if you would have listened to me and paid more attention, your uh, preaching would have been a little bit more successful than it is right now. You'd have been a step above where you are right now, but you wouldn't listen to me. And I think that's what's wrong with a lot of churches and a lot of people. Uh, God sent David and exposed David's sins and what he had done, and David repented of his sin. But as the price for the sin, the child was taken. The price, it wasn't actually the price of the sin, it was the fact that he made Israel look weak. We can make our own marriages look weak with the, with the things that we do. And we make God look weak whenever we sin against Him and do the things that when we start following this fleshly heart instead of following the Holy Spirit. As the, um, this impacted David throughout his whole reign. It, it impacted him with the rest of his children. It made him look weak to the enemy. I have three points that I want to get across. They may be real short. I don't know. I'm just going where the Lord's leading me now. I, can, I can't even read my notes. It seems like everything up here is blurry. I'm nervous and my mouth's about as dry as a Sahara Desert. God had a plan for each of us if we seek Him diligently. If you think really hard about it, David didn't understand whenever he was a shepherd out in the field that some guy came up and poured oil on him and told him he was going to be the next king of Israel when they already had a king. He didn't understand that. He didn't know what was going on, but he trusted in God. He believed in what God or what the man told him. He believed in God and he became one of the greatest kings, but he had his own problems. I I think about the things that we do in life whenever we're growing up. i got to tell you, the one thing that gets me most of all in my life is I had the calling, and I was called to God when at an early age, and I wish now that I would have stayed with God. But what would have happened if I would have stayed with Him? I think about that a lot. I think about how much better of a person I probably could have been. But at the same time, He tells me not to look back and wonder about things like that. He tells me not to look back and wonder about the sin or lust over the sins that I was in. He tells me not to look back at that, but to look forward and look for Him. I started thinking the other day, and honestly, you can get into the situation in your life where you start to think about this stuff, and you completely forget where you're at in time, day, and where and everything. And three or four hours have passed, and you have lost your whole mindset on everything you were going to do that day, and you're in a completely different place. And you and the devil, I'm going to tell you, he steps in in them weak spots, and he starts making you think, maybe I shouldn't have married my wife. Maybe I shouldn't have done this. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. Maybe I should have went off and done this. Maybe I should have went off and done that. He'll if you give him a moment. Just one slight moment of you thinking about your past, he's going to he's going to attack you, and the first thing you're going to do is want to take it out on the person that comes up to you, and you want to blame them. 
I don't care who you are, you can say it all you want, but every person in here has been hurt at one point in their life, and it's their own fault, but what do they want to do? Start blaming everybody else. I don't understand it. I do it. I do it a lot to Amy. I don't know how she puts up with me. But... (laughs) Yeah. I started thinking about that, and I started thinking about how Jonah was told to go to Nineveh, and he didn't want to go. He tried his best not to go at all to Nineveh. He did everything he could, but God found a way to get him where he was supposed to be. And it made me start thinking about that ripple effect and the butterfly effect, how it stops, and science can't explain it. Man can't explain it at all when the answer is God. And I started thinking about that ripple effect in my own life and what stops me from going that extra little bit and doing something stupid and blaming my wife for something that I did. Blaming everyone else for stuff that I did. It causes a ripple effect from that sin for me to want to blame somebody else and not take responsibility. And I realized that same God that can stop a tidal wave or a tsunami The same God that can stop the winds from blowing so high is the same God that stops me. Because I'm in the right frame of mind. I'm picking up my Bible. I'm studying. I'm reading. I'm learning. I want to know more about Him. But i got to tell you right now, when when we lived in Texas, you couldn't have stopped me. There was probably a time that I probably would have took it out on my wife. And there was probably a time, I never, I can't remember, but there was probably a time that I probably would have hit my wife. I would have hit anybody in front of me. I was ready for a fight. I didn't have that buffer. I didn't have somebody to stand in the gap and tell me that's enough. Because my heart wasn't right. I wasn't following God. I wasn't doing what I was told. But I tell you what, the best thing that ever happened was a man came to me one day and he said, it's time to stop, Jason. I was in a church service and I feel like God just told me, it's time to stop. It's time. I'm glad that He stopped me like He stopped those tidal waves. God won't bless our sin. Everybody, I, I don't understand this at all. People will not pray about something and make... What happens when you make snap decisions? I can tell you what happens. You end up with a $600 car payment because somebody said it was pretty and it ends up in the shop two months after you buy it. Not even two months, two weeks after you buy it. You pay for things because of snap decisions. If we don't start letting God in and asking Him what He thinks and asking Him what to do, we make these snap decisions. And i got to tell you, men... Stay off the internet. Ladies, stay off Facebook. I hate to say it because there's a lot of people in here that think that every five minutes they got to be on it. I'm not talking about my wife. I'm talking about all women think that they have to be on social media. i got to tell you, it's social media is one of the worst things in the world you can be on because what's going to happen, one, the man is going to see a woman in a bikini because one of his friends shared it. 
that's going to tempt him. The man or the girl, she's going to see some boyfriend she had back in high school and think, oh, I need to talk to him and find out how he's doing. Next thing you know, the man's looking at pornography and the wife is messaging some boyfriend that she had in high school. That marriage is in trouble. Where did we go wrong? Snap decisions. We decided. Our decisions cost us. They'll cost us more than our family. They'll cost us our lives. They'll cost us everything that we ever had. Uh, I don't think that people realize that we have decisions to make and we need to really work through them, but we need to work through them with God on our side and not try to take the easy way out. That's, that was always my problem. My problem was let's get it done and over with now. I have no patience at all. If you notice... Layla drove in today. I was in the back seat. I'm not allowed to be in the front seat when the kids are driving. I, I, I cannot handle someone that doesn't know how to drive. I have zero patience at all. But thanks to God, Alex and Layla told Amy the other day, I wish Dad would sit up here because you try to grab the wheel all the time and they don't and he don't do stuff like that. At least he just yells at us. Sometimes our snap decisions will get us into problems that we weren't expecting. I, I, the perfect example, you go to the store, what's the one thing that they have at every cash register? Those last minute items you can pick up and buy. Those candy bars that every kid has to grab, the suckers. They have, uh, even Piggly Wiggly out here decided to put cakes and pies right there where you walk up and check out. For us that are on this diet we say that we're on and never are on, them sure are tempting. We, we sit there, and I'm going to tell you, that snap decision is going to cost you in the long run if you pick it up. One of two ways it's going to cost you, and people don't understand, it's either going to cause you to have clogged arteries, or I've been in a situation where I've been down to $10 in my bank account, and buying that pie was $5, and what was I going to feed the rest of the family with? We all can't eat pie all week. And there are people out there that make these snap decisions like this all the time. They would rather go and get their drugs than they would feed their children. They would rather go and grab that alcohol out of the back of the freezer that's nice, ice cold, and it tastes really good to them. They would rather go and grab that than feed their own children. It's going to cost them in the long run. A lot of people might get mad at me for this, but I'm going to tell you, it's in the Bible, sex out of wedlock is the wrong thing to do. Yeah, God may give a child to that person as He did David, but I'm going to tell you, if the father's not in the, in the picture, that child's going to grow up with some issues. And people don't want to take that responsibility and understand that. They think they can raise a child without both mother and father. And yes, I'm saying man and woman are the only two that should be married and are the only ones that should be having children. Whether you agree with me or not, you need to read your Bible. The way I see it, if the father is not in the picture, you got issues. That child is going to have issues. There is a payment that's going to have to be paid eventually. And it's going to work itself out. And it's not God's fault. That's the problem. 
Everybody in the world wants to blame God for everything that goes on. If you get on, and it, it bothers me because you'll get on to your Facebook. I try not to get on it that much, but you'll get on there. Something bad happens, and the first thing out of everybody's mouth is, where was your God at when this happened? He was there. He was watching. But he can't stop things if we're not all in the right mindset. There, there are people out there that are crazy. There are people out there that do things. And it all stems from when Adam took a bite of that apple or that fruit, whatever you want to call it. But we don't want to, we don't want to take responsibility for it. We don't understand. I got to tell you, if I knew that some guy was stockpiling weapons that was my neighbor, or I knew some kid was out there with knives throwing them around or acting stupid out there shooting and trying to sight in a gun, I do believe I'd be calling the police. I, I would take personal responsibility. People don't want to take the responsibility of doing what they're supposed to be doing. If we think hard about it, I mean, the Bible talks about that. The Bible talks about how an 11-day trip took 40 years for the Israelites. The Bible talks, and what did they want to do? They wanted to blame God the whole time. That's the way people are today. Where's your God? Why ain't He here? Quit making mistakes and turn to God. Maybe we wouldn't spend 40 years in the wilderness. People don't want to take responsibility. And until they did, God said if, you will, if they will stop their sins and turn back to me, I will forgive their sins. But people are so arrogant that they don't think that they're doing wrong in the sin that they're living in. And i got to tell you, I lived that way. I lived that way many years, and there's probably many of you that could tell me stories that probably raise a hair on the back of my neck about things that you survived. I, I mean, I've heard stories of people being so drunk they didn't know where they was at, had a wreck, and they're still alive. I've heard people overdosing. Just recently I heard of a friend overdosing. He's alive, but it's so easy. Split decisions. When you're high or you're drunk, your mind isn't in control. You don't understand what you're doing. You either take too much or not enough, and next thing you know, you're in a hospital with an overdose. You don't, uh, you don't know what's going on in your mind. Second point, uh, or the second point that I'm getting to is God ain't going to bless your sin. There's going to be a cost to pay. David's cost was showing the weakness to the army and that cost him that child. But it still rippled throughout his whole life. Absalom came along and caused some issues with his own father. If you read and you really study about David and the things that happened, he, he, I think he even speaks once about how he wished that child was still alive. These are things that will always haunt you. And... and I don't, I'm not trying to get on anybody. I don't know anybody here that has, but i got to tell you right now, I do not know how a person could live after an abortion. Uh, I don't understand that, how they could take the life of a child and think that it's okay to live the life they're living. It, it, it's murder. Amen. But there's still one out there that will stand in the gap for you. And He'll still say you're forgiven. He'll take that blow back. He'll take that back from you and He'll tell you it's all going to be okay. He loves us. He loves everything about us. And I, I can't comprehend that because there's still times that I have 
feelings that I can't take people that are dumb. I'm sorry. My version of dumb and other people's version of dumb are two different things. As I come to the end of this, Pastor Rob, I, I did do just the sermonette because I felt like that was about all that God wanted me to do and to let you have it. I felt like it was more of a teaching tonight. The third point I wanted to come to was the fact that they talk about it in the Bible all the time about how different things are going to happen and if we don't accept God right now and do the things that He needs us to do, we're not promised the next second. We're not promised that tomorrow morning we'll even wake up. We're not promised any of that. You hear every church service, you're not promised your next breath. Romans chapter 1 verse 28 And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled all, with all righteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debt, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents without understanding, covenant breakers without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowingly the judgment of God... <clears throat> give me a second, I'm... <laughs> Commit such things are worthy of death, not only to those, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. I wonder sometimes if I were if I would have just stayed the path where I would be. But at the same time I know he tells us don't look back, look forward. He can't he can't he can fix our past through forgiveness, but He can't fix what we stepped out of His will and done. If we go out there and we get somebody pregnant through this unmarried and stuff like that, He can't unfix the fact that there's still a child there. The child is still there. Fathers are not taking responsibility for their actions and they're not taking care of their children. And these days and times, it seems like more and more this is happening. Everything that I just read to you are things that are happening right now. It's nothing new though. Everyone thinks that everybody who watches the news thinks this is something new. It's something that we've never seen before. This is the end of the world. I got to tell you, it's not right now, but I'm going to tell you this much. It's finally coming to light. All these things used to happen in the cover of night. Everybody used to keep this hush-hush. They would send the pregnant daughters off to some farm somewhere to work and to live with that child or they would adopt that child out because they didn't want to bring shame to the family. But these days they've become more proud of the fact that their daughters were out in this fornication and throwing them these parties and saying how blessed they are to have this child. And the first time that baby's born, the daddy's out the door responsibility we don't have it in the world no more but it's nothing new it's nothing new under the sun God says 
And he, he says that it's going to rain on the just and the unjust. And people don't understand how they can come to church on a Sunday morning, get filled up full of the Holy Ghost, walk out that door and act like they're back in the world again and wonder why the Lord ain't blessing them. Uh, people don't understand. God wants us to have a relationship with Him, but they don't understand it's a 50-50 relationship. He's going to pull 50% of the weight, but you have to do your own. If that temptation is in front of you, walk away from it. People don't understand that. They don't understand that these things have an off button. They turn off. Stop looking at it. If you're looking at pornographic stuff on television, your television turns off. But people will say, though, I've been in this situation that I would see the beer in the refrigerator and I would think about it and I would be convicted about it and I would say, Lord, if you don't want me to drink that beer, make me feel like I don't need to. I wasn't right with the Lord. Where would I end up at? People don't understand that. They don't understand it's a 50-50 relationship. What they don't understand is, yeah, you can come Sunday mornings and you can get that weed clipped at the base, but it ain't going to kill it. It's got a root. Our heart has a black, dark root that's just growing in it. And it's sitting there. And every time you're not in church, you add a little bit more fertilizer and water to it. Every time you're not picking up that Bible, you're adding a little bit more water and fertilizer to it. We cannot sit around and want our sin and at the same time expect God to bless what we have. I don't understand it. I, I, I lived that life for so long. I, I was so confused. I thought, well, if I go to church on Sundays, Sunday nights, and I keep myself a good moral person that everything's going to be fine. I'm going, to, I'm going to flow through this life and I'm going to make it into heaven. I know who Jesus is. The Bible says, those who know me, confess me. Well, i got to tell you right now, even the sinners will tell you who Jesus is. Even the devils know Jesus' name. i got to tell you, people don't realize there is a responsibility. And as I said, it's a 50-50 relationship. It takes work. It's like mine and my wife's marriage. I used to give 10% of my relationship to my wife and the rest of it I thought was all alcohol, pills, and anything else I wanted until I came to Jesus. I, I, even whenever we were going to church and before I got saved, I, I was still selfish. I was still thinking of myself all the time and everything that hit me, I went and did anyways whether she liked it or not. I thought, you know, this is the way life is supposed to be. I go, I'm like everybody else. I go to church on Sundays, go to church on Wednesdays, but I can still do what I want because I believe in Jesus. That's the wrong relationship to have. That relationship is going to send you to hell faster than you going out and murdering somebody and not asking forgiveness. Because even the Lord says, even He says it in here, what sacrifice is there if you knowingly go and sin? We're putting him right back on the cross every time we go back out there and do that. If you can forsake another person for the one that you love, the one that you're with, if you can stop 
drinking, if you can stop taking the drugs, if you can stop the sin that might have you tangled up right now, why haven't you? You can't do it on your own. There's not one person that can get themselves to heaven. There's not one person that can go out here and be saved without actually being saved. And people have taught, uh, been teaching this new doctrine. Oprah Winfrey says there's more doors to heaven when God, Jesus says He is the door. But what people want is the easiest way because why? The easiest way shows I don't have to have any responsibility. I don't have to take responsibility for my actions there is a price to pay whether we believe it or not there's a hell to pay but most of all I think Pastor Rob or Ricky one brought it up when we get to heaven we got to lay our crowns before God how are we going to lay anything before him if we have nothing we're supposed to be workers we're supposed to do our part there is a responsibility as a Christian to teach your children. And i got to tell you, I, I, Anthony, I have a lot of respect for you and your wife. When you all come up here and you pray, your children are with you and they know how to pray already. They know how to put their head down. I wish that I would have followed God a little bit closer. Maybe whenever I was coming up here and I was praying and my children were younger, they would be with me. I, there are things like that make me look back and wish, hey, I wish I could do that, but the Lord says, you know what? I got it. I got it. All you got to do is pray and ask. But I, I don't take the responsibility myself sometimes to pray for that sick person out there that I should be praying for, to pray for the neighbor that needs help, to pray for the family member that may be stuck on alcohol or drugs I don't take the responsibility so how is he supposed to help he knows what's in my heart he's waiting on us to ask but we're, we don't take the responsibility to ask sometimes and that's what happened with David he didn't want to take the responsibility so he sent if you read a little bit further he, sent, he kept trying to send Uriah home why was he trying to get Uriah to go home he was trying to cover up his own sin. If he got Uriah to lay with his wife, they, he, would, he could say that that was his. But Uriah did what was right in the sight of God. He stayed where he needed to be. He was taking the responsibility as a military man and the responsibility of a God-fearing man and staying where he needed to be. And what happened to him? David sent him to the front line and left him there by himself as another way to cover up. But it didn't work. He got called out and he sinned. If we look at our lives sometimes, we can look at times that God has looked at us and called us out for the sins that we have had. Sins that we did that we need to repent for. There is a thing called repentance. We just got to take responsibility for, what, for our actions.